Uh, we want to welcome everyone to the Ag Market Network special Mid-South Cotton Market Roundtable. Uh, we're coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee at the 65th Annual Mid-South Farm and Gin Show. Uh, we want to recognize a few people. We want to recognize and thank Tim Price uh, for, the, for all that he has done to make this broadcast possible. Also, we want to thank our, our, our national sponsor, Bayer Crop Science, uh, for making what we do all year possible. Uh, let's introduce our cotton uh, panel. First, we want to start off uh, our lead speaker today, Dr. O.A. Cleveland, is Professor Emeritus, Mississippi State University. He's a very well-known cotton marketing expert. O.A. has been with us uh, since the very start of the Ag Market Network in 1998. And also joining us will be Kip Butts, uh, Senior Cotton Analyst and Director of Energy Services with Informa Economics. Uh, Gerald Nieper is with us. He is president of Calcot. He's in his eighth year as president of, uh, of this uh, California co-op. Uh, he has been uh, with us uh, since our very first meeting. So let's get started, O.A. Give us your thoughts on the cotton market. Thanks so much, Pat. I appreciate the opportunity, uh, and I hope everyone's having a great day. I have to talk a little bit low here. I've got uh, Cotton Grow Magazine and V&M listening and taking notes, so I have to be careful what I say. Uh, but uh, it's a very exciting market, and I would have to be the first to admit and say that this market actually has uh, run to the absolute top side of where I thought it would go, and it gives every appearance of going a bit higher than where I thought it would go. So uh, I came in just a little bit low earlier on price projections, and we're just going to see just how strong this market is. It does have legs still and maybe some pretty strong legs. But, well, we're being led, in my opinion, by exports. Uh, I've talked at length, uh, really, for a number of months about how strong exports were. I've talked with USDA. They're just going to have to get their export numbers higher. But it's still, this market still just, just projects larger and larger exports. We were talking earlier, and these other guys will fill in and give you some accurate information. But uh, the, the, the mills continue to chase this market. You One would have thought that they would have caught up with it around 72, 73, 74 cents, but they just chase it higher and higher. So exports are leading this. It'll be interesting to see what numbers are for the old crop, and it could be well into the mid-13.5 mid million bales. We've been on a pace to go as high as 16. We're not going to do that. If we continued the same pace, we would, but we, 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 we can't do that, and we'll see other crops coming in as they come off around the globe that will slow our exports down. But uh, I'll just say all that to say that the world demand is increasing. It's showing a good good, good, uh, good offers for cotton. We had seen finally back in January we began to see polyester prices increase around the globe, particularly coming out of China, and that uh, helped cotton consumption more than we realized. We're starting to see poly prices come down a bit, at least as we look across India uh, and, and Pakistan. Not a great deal, but they are getting a little bit lower. Uh, but 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 cotton cotton is firm. Uh, the other side on the export figure, and I'll go out and down a little bit on this. But I think what we're beginning to see with respect to the very strong sales that was, or unexpected sales, let's put it that way, into China, is the the concern that the quality of the Chinese stocks, the reserve, they sold their good quality, their high quality, most of their best quality last year, and what they're going to offer starting next week when they come online and start offering cotton to their domestic mills. They're going to their qualities will not be as strong, and they're going to have to uh, probably uh, purchase imports to the rate of two to three uh, 
bales or even as high as, mi- as many as four bales to mix with what we believe to be the low-quality cotton that they're going to be selling. So that's another reason I think that exports will still be strong. The U.S. does not have particular competition today in the export market. There's some, but that competition is going to heat up a little bit later. Of course, the Indian debacle, uh, their demonetization has uh, created a great deal of interest for U.S. cotton around the globe. And even in India, where we're selling cotton, which is just almost something that doesn't, doesn't happen, it just tells us that uh, cotton, U.S. cotton demand is very strong and we know we have this all but record quality crop, and the price differences, the basis spreads around the world for the various growths favor U.S. cotton. So we're in a uh, we're in an excellent seat. We've been there, and that's why the exports are coming. A little bit concerned down the road, and maybe Kip and Gerald will address this. We get a little bit concerned these exports are getting so strong, even at high prices, we could see some cancellations. But uh, that, that we'll just have to wait on that. Uh, we begin another reason that these exports are so strong. We see our world stocks out China, outside of China, now. But more specifically, as we look down the road, as we look to next year, we see world stocks out, outside of China potentially declining. So it just makes U.S. <coughs> more valuable. Uh, skipping around a bit, the uh, uh, look, 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 before I get into price con- con- uh, comments, the, the new crop. Uh, you know, I, I was at a meeting with USDA and CBO uh, last year, and I, I had the dickens of the time convincing them that we might plant 10.8 million acres in the U.S. this year. We might. Uh, they bought into it, and, uh, you know, then we go up to 10.8, 11 million bales at the Beltwide Conference, and then the uh, uh, National Cotton Council survey comes out, right, basically 11 million, and then we started hearing this. USDA came out, what, maybe two weeks ago at their, their meeting, maybe it was last week, 11.5. I sent out a couple of emails. Well, you know, I think it looks like it's going to be 11.7, and I've just thrown in 100,000 just because it was growing. So but we get the we, we get the insurance factor in now, and uh, we, we're used to that in Texas. haven't seen that in a number of years, but it's there now, and Texas is planning for insurance. We're seeing insurance factor in the, in, the, in the Mid-South, certainly a little bit in the Southeast, and we're getting more acres simply because of crop insurance. Uh, the prices are there. Uh, we still continue to get some very strong basis offers, not only in the futures market, but strong basis offers for the 2017 crop. Uh, one speaker, uh, well, let's see, he did tell me I could use his name. Joe Nicosia yesterday made the comment that his mathematical models, their empirical models, suggested that we could plant 12.5 million acres this year. And uh, he kind of smiled at that. He said, I, I don't think, well, not to quote him, but he basically replied that he didn't think they would, we would plant that much, and I don't think anybody does, but, you know, we could. By the time all this insurance weight breaks out with, with, with Texas and all the dry land acreage that could come in, but 11.7, is, I think, is a pretty good number, and we could probably see uh, that pop to the top side. And who knows with respect to yields and and, and, and um abandonment and those things, but our seed companies have done a marvelous job giving us the genetics that we need to make the three bales on a standard basis. Some, some people talk in terms, I was in the Wiregrass region of, of Alabama, and they talked about four bales, 2,000 bales, and I'd only heard that in California, of course, and uh, under the direction of Calcott, and uh, <laughs> I certainly in uh, the, the, a lot of the uh, Texas area with, uh, with the Australian genetics, the, uh, the Fibermax had come in there, one ton per acre. So, But um, 
That's where I am. Now, just a quick comment about Price before you can, these other guys will come in and give you some real meat on the bones. Old crop, again, <laughs> I thought 78 and a half, uh, which I can stretch to 79, was at the absolute top. Uh, it's not. Uh, and I'm actually a little bit intimidated and scared to say how high it can go. Uh, we've sat around and we've all talked about it. Uh, and just trying to put a number on it, I can't do it, but we are... Uh, without question, talking ninety cents, uh, a dime higher. Uh, it just seems to ninety cents. The man is not going to support that. It seems that our competition with polyester won't allow that. But Mills have chased it a dime higher already. Will they chase it another dime higher? I, I just don't know. But uh, can we get to ninety cents? I'm not real comfortable with that. But uh, we got to think seriously about it. As an upside, these guys may be higher, may be lower. Oh, that's old crop. New crop. Uh, I've started pricing at 73 plus, and uh, at 74, I'd said let's go up 50 percent, let's price 50 percent, and even go out and buy uh, buy puts for the other 50 percent because I felt like this and continue to feel like this market's going to drop. By the time we get old crop prices are going to stay high through the planting season for this 18 crop. If they're not high through the planting season, they'll be, at least be high through the last moment you can change your planting decision. So we're going to pull this big acreage in, and then I can't help but think at some point in time, old crop, a new crop's going to come under pressure. Now, do we get up to 76, 77 cents, 78 cents? Uh, that's pretty dead gum high, but I'm ready to do a lot of pricing right here at 74 plus, nearly 75 cents old crop, whether you fixations with your with your, with your expected cash or buy some calls as well every time. But I think it's time uh, it's time to do some pricing uh, with respect to the old crop and the new crop, and I think it's time to do a subsidy. Uh, you know, how, how high it would go, yeah. I, you know, of course, if, if, if old crop goes to 90 cents, then new crop's uh, whatever, 80, <laughs> 80 what? Uh, yeah. And, uh, again, it's already as high as I thought it would go. But thank you so very much. Be happy to try to answer the question. Uh, all right. Well, let's, correct me. let's go to uh, Kip and to uh, Gerald. Gerald, what are your thoughts on the market now? You know, O.A. said that these mills have continued to, to chase this market higher, and, and I'm not sure if that's the right word or not. They've, they've refused to believe that the market can't come down. You know, they they since probably sixty six cents, they've all felt like this market was going to go back into the low sixties. And so they bought on call and they've missed it and missed it and missed it. And there's there as the higher it goes, the more stubborn they get on it. So you know, sometimes you, you talk about where can this market go and, and uh the um it it goes to where going to cause people the most pain and I think it's going to cause a lot of pain for these mills who are, are who are on call and they're going to continue to chase this market higher um, and can we do 90 cents I don't see 90 cents I see uh, low to mid 80s I don't see 90 cents but you know who, who knows what could happen as always said you know if, if we're going to drive up old crop old crops going to yank up you know new crop by the uh, by the bootstrap um, I think new crop has a potential for 78 cents, and I guess you could make an argument for 80, but I couldn't see 78 cents, anything higher than 78 cents on, on new crop. 
for right now until or unless we get a weather situation. And, uh, you know, 11.7 million acres, um, that's kind of the number that I'm carrying um, just because it seems like there's a lot of momentum in that direction. Got an 18.4 million bale crop estimate for this next year, um, which is uh, fairly large, but I do think we'll export you know, 13 and a half next year again, if not 14. So, uh, you know, we're going to use up that cotton. If we are so lucky to produce a crop quality wise as good as this year's crop, yes, we'll export it because it's hard to uh, it's hard to ignore the quality crop that's coming out of the U.S. this year. You know, one out of every three bales produced, um, 31, 3, 36, better and longer, 28 minimum GPT. I, you, you couldn't. Uh, you couldn't draw that up in the lab if you wanted to, I don't think. So Mother Nature has a lot to, to do with that. And uh, I don't know if she'll be as cooperative this year, but uh, let's hope so. All right, Kip, what are your thoughts? Well, I uh, can't really argue. I, I do think OA may be a little bit too high on his, uh, on his 90 cents. Uh, but then again, I can't. The problem with this old crop, and Gerald touched on it a moment ago, this on-call sale position is the net position for this position. It's just, it's scary. If these guys come in and buy, they're going to move the market up by themselves. We have a near record long, depending on how you categorize it, spec position now as well. Those guys have no incentive to get out of the market. Now we, and all this is being underpinned by a really good export program, which we talked about. That export program, oh, we sort of alluded to there, has some potential for uh, a little bit of problems late in the marketing year. Uh, oh, we mentioned some other crops that come on and give us a little competition. But if, in fact, these uh, mills come in and force these prices up to who knows where, which is trying to call what the old crop could be, we know these markets can just start going and go a lot farther than we expect. So I don't know how to call a top for old crop because the mechanics and these if positions are so imbalanced, they could go a long way. However, if that happens, a lot of these on-call sales, to Gerald's point, these folks are waiting for this market to go down, go down, go down. We may wind up seeing a few on-call cancellations out there that can kind of distort that export book real quick. That's, I don't know that that's going to necessarily scare these specs, but it's certainly, to the point OA made earlier, we've been making a lot of sales at very high levels. When that market starts to come back down, uh, if it gets too high, everybody bails out, then you've got this thing going down again. So we have that risk towards the end of the year. That's not necessarily a forecast. It's something we really need to keep an eye on because this on-call position, uh, in my opinion, is the, one of the biggest factors for the support in the market today, as well you know, underpinned by the export program. But it's the fear of these guys coming in and really taking this market much higher. Uh, for the new crop, we talked about that much, uh, but we're looking at 11.7, 11.8 numbers internally. Uh, in our January estimate, it was 10.7, and even when it came in with that number, we said, boy, these prices, this ratio has changed. We're way low. Well, we were way low. But uh, we wrote that with the expectation of realizing we could be at an 11.8, 12 million. And I don't think even those numbers are, are unusual at this point. That in and of itself will give us a big crop. And if we don't have a crop problem, it typically has some kind of volatility in it. But if we don't have a crop problem, then prices should go back down probably to mid to low 60s, at least for a short period of time. Uh, 
assuming there's not a problem in the world, too. Because we're seeing expanded acreage, or at least we are in China, India, uh, Pakistan. There's several uh, African countries that are looking to expand the area this year. So without a crop problem, we're going to have sufficient supplies. It's where the demand can, in fact, uh, absorb all of it. And that's maybe why we're getting the, the low 60 kind of price range. Chip, as you said, uh, you know the, the expanded foreign acreage. Joe Nicosia made the comment yesterday. You know, we, we see seventy-five cents in, in for for deck. Uh, China sees seventy-five cents a deck. Everybody's seeing seventy-five cents a deck. So everybody's looking at increasing acreage. We didn't think China would increase an acre, but now with the price ratios that with with deck at seventy-five cents, they're going to do it. We didn't think South Alabama would cut, take much out of peanuts, but seventy-five, seventy-six cents in deck starts taking curing the peanut problem. Uh, we, we plant cotton. Uh, just a couple other things, if I understand the, the USDA correctly. March 31, the uh, acreage intentions comes out here at the end of the month, uh, but the, the intentions are based on conditions as of about March 1. So they're surveying the surveys that are coming in right now. That's not tabulated, but they're, they're the growers that, that are being surveyed are seeing prices that we see yesterday, that we see today, and maybe a bleed a little bit into next week, but they're seeing high prices, so it's going to be real interesting to see what this planning intentions report shows us, and I still think we, we may be above that because as we continue to see the insurance acreage come 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 in from everywhere. I did make the comment of 90 cents, and I, I you know, slap me, and maybe I that's crazy, but at the same time, uh, I saw a friend of mine in Tennessee, like from Tennessee last night, and I said, I don't want to tell you what I think, because if I tell you what I think, you're not going to sell, sell another bale of cotton and you're going to end up selling it for $0.60 cents a pound. Uh, so wherever you are, whatever you are, I, I mean, at $0.90, cents, I don't have but one or two bales left to sell, so I, can, so I did sell, sell one bale at $0.90 cents a pound. Uh, I, I think it's time to be extremely priced, uh, 70 80 90% priced, probably 90 even. And if you, you we get another dime or we get another nickel in this market, fine. You take that last 5% on your crop and get that... Uh, that huge price, but it, it's it's time to go because sooner or later, and apparently it's going to be a little later than I anticipate. This market's going to fall. And uh, we were talking last night. Probably we might see the highs in May, uh, just for various reasons. For the reason we said that, or on the May contract. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Y'all know, uh, you guys understand it better than I do. But as I talk and y'all talk, none of us, I don't think, mentioned the funds and the specs. Uh, and that is another. He maybe Kip did. Uh, that is another huge factor in this market. And I apologize, Kip. No, uh, no, no. I just. Uh, 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 but uh, we 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 can't. They are they are still coming to the market. They're still putting money in the market. And and that's the that's the idea of the mills chasing or running up or not believing it's going lower. The specs are putting money in the market still. That's huge. Uh, Pat, I just, I just, I just wanted to take space on those, those comments. Y'all go. You were saying that you would suggest uh, pricing as much as eighty to ninety percent of, of this next year's no, no, crop. No, no, no. old crop. Old, old crop. Whatever old crop you have left, left. It's, it's. Uh, we've probably got another month to run in prices, if not more than two months to run in prices. It doesn't mean they're going to go more than hundred points, two hundred, three hundred points higher. Could go a lot higher. But uh, we're getting in ranges now that. Uh, we are well above the. We're we're getting above the upper. Well, we're getting into the higher levels of the historical upper one-third price range. 
like to get in the upper one-third, but we're starting to get in the upper 20%, upper 10% of the historical price range. Uh, got time to take a lot of action. Okay. You know, on Thursday, it was kind of interesting. We came out with this big crop or big export number. Market ran up, made its highs, and then all of a sudden there was a vacuum of buying. And I think we're getting close to that point to where these vacuums are going to become more pronounced. And at, at some point, uh, you know, maybe it's the May contract, maybe it's the July contract, maybe it's the fact that it rains like crazy in West Texas over over Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> and, you know, people start projecting a, a 19, 20 million bale crop, whatever it is. But we're going to, I think these, these episodes of, of of uh, just no buying whatsoever is going to be more pronounced. Yeah, part of the problem, I'm just going to kind of expand on that a little bit. We have an absence of willing sellers in this market right now. We've got bills and want to buy, or they'd like to buy at a lower price, but we, we don't have a lot of people who are willing sellers. They're waiting for the price to go up a little bit because everyone says, well, there's not a lot of cotton now well, to buy. I mean, the, the, the question is, where do the mills want to start pricing? Anybody got a thought of that? It seems that they've continued to raise those levels uh, as far as fixing prices. I mean, where is it, OA? Is it? The last time they had a real chance at 74 cents, they didn't take it. And I was, there was no doubt in my mind the market was going to come back to 74 and a little bit below. But it hadn't. Uh, so they didn't take 74, so now they're, they're stuck at 75, 76, 77 cents. So... And, and and with no outlook at all that we're going to go back to 74 cents. It just, I mean, I want it to be there, but uh, and I think that trading range was strong enough. And I would say we're still not out of that that this long-term trading range. We we may be 50 points higher, but that's not out of it in my mind. You guys understand that better than I do. But uh, uh, we're still in that trading range a little bit. So I, I think they still think they'll get 75 cents, 74 cents price now. You know, they didn't take it last time. It hadn't been long ago. So I don't know. Well, here, here's a question. Thursday we had the, the, the uh, marketing year high for export sales and at these really high prices. Is that, Gerald, are those, is that cotton, cotton is unfit? I mean, it, it seems like we keep hearing that the cotton that's being bought is not, they're still not setting the price. I think it's a combination of people buying fixed price and, and on call. I mean, some of these countries, you know, you wouldn't, you're going to be a little nervous about doing an on-call contract. But uh, the, um, and, and fixed price and short term, you know, they're just, they're getting to the point where they just need the, need the cotton. And uh, who are we competing against right now? Nobody. But pretty soon... You know, the Australia, the Brazilian crop's going to be coming to market, and I think that's, I believe sellers are getting a little more aggressive. A, they know Australia and Brazil's coming down the pike, and B, you look at this big inversion between July and December, there's no carry. You're not going to want to carry any inventory in the, in the new crop. So I think um, Probably the basis is weakening out there a little as this market keeps going up. The basis keeps at least the selling basis. You know the physical price of the mill is, is, is not keeping pace with this with this market price going up, futures price going up. Um, the um, and I think that's 
that's the biggest concern is there's no carry in the July, December, and so people are going to work like crazy to get rid of their, their inventory. Okay. Have we got any questions from any of our people? Yeah. Oh, turn bearish, um, as in the top is in. Um, I think on, on old crop, it would have to be, I, I'm looking at somewhere between 83, around 83 cents. That's, yeah, on either the May or July contract. 11.50. Eleven seven two two. <laughs> Not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah. <laughs> on uh, on new crop, I think uh, if old crop's going to go to eighty three, I think new crop can get yanked up to around seventy eight cents. At those levels, though, I mean, trying without trying to say I know where the top is. Anyone that sees those kind of price moves should be scaling, selling in there for that. And not necessarily knowing where the top is, because we've seen this before. If these uh, if these mills want to come in and buy this, people are going to just stand back and say, "Let them go," because they're not going to sell. They'll incrementally move that selling up. And they, they asked a question a moment ago of where would these guys come in and buy it? Initially, the mills wanted to buy it at 62, then 63, then 64, and then. To always point, they had the chance at 74. That tells me that they think the market's going down. A lot of these mills, when they buy it on call, it's essentially a speculative bet. I mean, it really is, because they're not hedging that on their side. It's really they're betting that the market's going to go down. If they're right, they're, you know, they're heroes. So far, it hasn't worked out for them at all. And they're still buying on call, which tells me they're still bearish the market. And if they're bearish the market and it keeps going up, Gerald's point earlier that the market goes to the level that punishes the most people. And those guys are going to get hurt pretty badly. And that's where we may, the way I think made the point in his opening comment, we may get some cancellations at that point because they lost to speculative deck then. That's really what it amounts to. One side benefit of these higher prices, though, for the mills is that yarn prices have had to creep up. They have. But they, but they have crept up. They haven't kept up with this price. No, or at least not the ones I've seen. And, uh, you know, once a mill fixes his price, then he becomes a bull, right? He doesn't want to see the market go down because <laughs> he's fixed. And uh, the I don't know that there's a big incentive for this market just to have to fall out of bed. Oh, no, I agree. No. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's amazing that it just keeps coming in. You don't necessarily like the prices that are being bid for your cotton, but at least the demand is there, the inquiry is there, and you've got, a, you've got an opportunity to participate whether you like the price or not. Well, there, I mean, there are several reasons for it. One is, the, and again, I always mentioned this earlier, this India situation. India is not typically a big buyer of U.S. cotton. They've been a real good buyer of U.S. cotton this year because the way that demonetization scheme worked, demonetization, I'll pronounce it right in a minute, was uh, that the farmers, because their economy is about eh, 75 80% cash-based, they didn't want to take that cotton to market, so it's coming in slowly. 
In the interim, the Indian mills had to go to the export market to fulfill their needs. So that was a short-term fill-in. This cotton is coming to the market more rapidly now because the government did change their policy. They're allowing more money to be uh, cash money in a week with the banking system, so that they're moving more cotton. What we may wind up with is towards the end of the year, the Indians have bought a bunch of, them, of cotton for imports, and all of a sudden the domestic price goes down because of all this cotton coming on the market. I'm not expecting to see huge cancellations, but I think this big demand we're seeing now really drops dramatically towards during the end of the season. I don't think we've got a real shortage of cotton in the world. It's a timing problem. It's a little bit tight, but it's more a timing problem than it's anything. And I think the Indians was a much bigger deal than people have talked about. Pakistan bought an awful lot of their cotton from India, and when the prices went up in India, the domestic prices, a lot of their exporters canceled those contracts because they couldn't buy the domestic cotton to ship profitably. So they just canceled those contracts, and U.S. became the beneficiary. Our export sales went up to Pakistan. So you're asking about the demand. A lot of this is short-term. I'm not saying it's all going to go away, but I don't expect this to last through the end of the marketing year. I think we're maybe nearing the end of that now, or pretty close, because I was really shocked about this week's report. Yeah. Not to the extent that, in my opinion, not to the extent they have been in the past, because they start their uh, their auction program in the next few weeks. I think China becomes a big factor next year and the next crop thing, crop marketing year. That's when China comes back. They will have worked the reserves down, uh, and they're going to be a little bit surprised to see this increase in China expectation now. Part of it was really good deals they got in Xinjiang, which made the farmer optimistic, and of course, 70, 74 cent prices. But uh, I think they're going to have worked those stocks down towards the end of this marketing year and next. That's when China's going to be a big factor. They've already announced this year they're going to kind of stay with this TRQ program, and they're not really going to have very many of these special imports. Or at, at least now it doesn't seem like they're going to do that. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's address this. Every farmer wants to know what to do with new crops. Uh, any thoughts? They want to know where should they be pricing, should they be pricing, what percentage for new crop? Gerald, what do you think? Um, I, I guess it depends on uh, are you dry land, are you irrigated, are, are you in an area where you're going to get hail. Um, you, you know, talked about El Nino coming back this year, and if it's a full-blown El Nino, it could be very hot and dry in the Mid-South and Southeast. Um, so... I think, uh, you know, always been spouting at least 50% of your crop right here, and, and it would be hard to disagree with that. And probably another 50% on, on with foot and just see what, you know, see what this market may do. Um, it's, it's hard to see a lot of upside from 75 cents, maybe up to 78 cents, without some major event out there. Um, so... I couldn't argue with with a 50% rule and, and maybe puts on the rest of it. Okay. Well, the clients that I work with now, if they've been following our advice, they're 30 to 50% fixed right now for new crop. All right. No way. Uh, Pat, you know, already been at 50%, and I guess uh, in this general comment, you've got to figure out what you really think you're going to produce, uh, what the Mother Nature is going to allow you. But I'm actually prepared to probably go up to 60%, 70%. Uh, fixed down because I you know, realistically 
two, three more, two, two more two cents higher, realistically, in my opinion. Maybe three, make arguments for a lot higher, but uh, it, it's time to add to the 50% that I've been talking about, in my opinion. And, and, and if you hadn't done anything, do a minimum of that Monday morning, first thing. Okay. Let you do it Sunday it, night. Some, you know, the, the Chinese reserves go on sale March 6th. Mm-hmm. So, Sunday night, 5 p.m. California time, the Chinese futures open. You're going to get some sort of clue in terms, in terms yep. of what's going on with those Chinese reserves on Monday. And they may tell you whether or not the market's, <laughs> market's topped out or not. All right. Another question, I think. You know, in, in theory, it should put pressure on the cotton market, but it hadn't seemed to yet. We were just talking a little earlier about that, and the dollar close to, what did you say, like 101 on yes, Friday? 100.85, yeah, we call it 100. Yeah, I don't think, I think the dollar index, I don't think it's going to bother cotton at all until or unless it goes above 105, and then I think it'll start putting some. Yeah, well, Maybe for a broad reason. I'm going to butt in here for just a second. We see, I've been following Turkey uh, very closely this year, and we did see for a short period of time the dollar impact Turkish buying because the lira just absolutely came apart. And we saw several weeks where you could actually just see the correlation. But to Gerald's point, if you, you have to talk about all these countries, the dollar is traded for just about everything. And if you need cotton, it's really not going to impact you unless it gets extreme. Turkey got extreme, and we've seen some others. So you have to look at those on a country-by-country basis. Some are more impacted than others, certainly. And, and, you know, historically we're taught basically that the stronger the dollar, it's going to pressure exports, and that's the rule of thumb. But also it may be that this this, this huge increase in the value of the dollar the last six months, seven months, last actually five years, or three years. Uh, but more, more recently it may be it's just not impacting because Mill the on call sales are so strong relative to on call yeah. purchases that the dollar is just not a fundamental factor right now. The, the mill the call sales are just taking over everything. Uh, but yes, he's, he's got to put pressure sooner or later. Uh, but then again, you know, we've not talked about. Uh, it seems so unpopular, particularly with my California buddy, to talk about <laughs> the Trump effect. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's, he's 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 recognizing this huge crowd we have in front of us right now. The uh, there's people at six blocks out waiting six blocks down the road. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the you know, there we are beginning rightly or wrongly kind of an era of good feeling, and the consumers are are, are beginning to think they have some money in their pockets. And once that uh, once that engine that consumer engine gets going. Uh, uh, our demand will be significant, and, and the value of the dollar is not going to be that particularly strong uh, for a period of time. I you know, I'm certainly wouldn't project that very long. I'll get shot down in a hurry, but you guys understand that better than I do. You know, interest rates are creeping up. The Federal Reserve came out and said, you know, March is a is a month that they're likely to raise rates again. So the, the dollar is going to have a hard time falling if you've got interest rates starting to creep up. We're going to have all these commodities, inflation, commodities. Uh, Kip mentioned that inflation is good for commodities, and 
and this infrastructure rebuilding, all these things, uh, uh, consumer purchasing. Well, to your point, the, the specs that have a lot of the spec position, I, well, I shouldn't say a lot, part of the spec position, the reason they've gotten along not just cotton but other commodities is they view this as a hedge against inflation. This is another reason why it would be pretty difficult, particularly in the cotton market, because these, these specs have some uh, profit in it now. Gerald mentioned earlier there's no compelling reason to sell. If you think uh, you know, you're in this for inflation, you're in it for the long haul, it's pretty tough to, to scare those guys. They've got a heck of a lot deeper pockets than do the mills. So, you know, we may be in for a long time with these specs having a long position. And there was no better evidence of that as when we came up to 78 cents in, in what was it, August or July or August? Oh, yeah. Right. The market dropped almost 10 cents a pound, and the specs didn't even make a move. No, no incredible. They stayed long. They never have done yeah. that. I mean, my, my and the open recall. interest did not fall nearly as dramatically as we thought it should, no. ordinarily would have. So that's another sign that this is a strong trading market, a lot of velocity in this market. So let's talk about where we think December can go. That's, that's sort of how we usually wrap up our meetings. And, Gerald, we'd like to start with you. Tell us what you think December can do. How high can it go? And, and also, at least, at least before the planning intentions number, I think you've got a you've got a a realistic shot at, at somewhere between seventy six and seventy eight cents. Okay, once we work out all the unfixed uh, cotton on call, and that's out of the way, and if we get a lot of acres, how low can December cotton go? Um, that's going to be completely weather related, and and acreage related. Uh, you could you could make a case for maybe sixty three cents. Okay. Yep. That's kind of sixty three cents was what I was kind of pegging sixty two or sixty three cents. We talked about this the other night. And we have to remember, uh Gerald made a, a great point about it's gonna be weather related, acreage related. But the other side of this is we've got some nice uh increases for mill use which is predicated on a pretty good global economy. And, and yeah, I think we're going to get that. But once you get that situation, it's unlikely that U.S. cotton is going to gain much of a share in the world market. So it's saying you've got to have a much larger pie. That may, that may, we may be getting a, a little bit higher expectation of that than deserved. So that in and of itself would keep you from maybe – at 66, 68 cents, more to the low end of the 60s. If you can't discount, given I can, you know, we can sit here and, and draw a scenario where we can make the argument it to be in the 50s. That would be a pretty interesting scenario. I don't think we're going to see possible, but unlikely. Okay. Oh, I. Yeah, I brought that down as soon as you asked Gerald this question. So it's really scary to me. It's basically, if I may put uh, put words in your mouth, Gerald said basically 63 cents, I think. Kip, I think, said 63 cents. Uh, it drew conclusions where it could be other something else. But I wrote down 62 to 65 would be the low. And that's scary because all three of us are saying the same thing. So that means it's not going to happen. So it's <laughs> yeah. going to be somewhere else. Fees are going a lot lower. <laughs> a lot lower. It won't go quite that low. But I would have said 62 cents. I'm like, Kip, I, we, we, we can come up with a decent scenario to get in the high 50s. Uh, don't expect that. Uh, 65 cents just to be a little bit higher than them. All <laughs> and, right. And, and, and how high? How high? 
Uh, wow. Uh, you know, I threw out a number in the low 80s, but I don't really think that uh, realistically. Realistically, I think 78 cents. I mean, we're, we're there, 78 cents. And again, go sell more than half of this new crop. I'm, we're saying 78 cents. Go Sunday night, Monday morning, whoever you can talk to, sell more than half of it now. Okay. Well, let's do that. <laughs> uh, any uh, anybody else have any other comments as we before we close? No. Okay. Well, look, uh, we appreciate uh, and want to thank Tim Price, the Mid South Farming Gin Show, for hosting us. Thanks to Bear Crop Science. Uh, thank you, OA, for leading us, and Gerald Nieper, and also Kip Butts. And that concludes. Uh, this meeting of the Ag Market Network. Had I, would, I would like to take a moment to, to thank our crowd here. This was very nice <laughs> of you guys. To... <laughs> we don't usually have a crowd like this. Uh, no. We're on 